Welcome to the official Ronnie Landis podcast show, where you learn to upgrade the human experience through natural nutrition, lifestyle design, and consciousness engineering. This is no ordinary health or personal growth podcast, and Ronnie Landis is definitely no ordinary host. Ronnie Landis is an integrative nutritionist, transformation coach, and human behavioral specialist. He brings on some of the world's leading thought leaders to deliver to you the most cutting-edge information and unique perspectives so you can create the life of your dreams. Get ready to receive your upgrade in all you believed was possible, starting now. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the official Ronnie Landis podcast show. I'm your host, Ronnie Landis, and we have an incredible episode laid out for all of you today with two incredible light workers in the world, two very dear friends of mine who are going to come on and tell us all about how to have the most amazing, rewarding, successful, fulfilling type of relationship that I think all of us on some level want, depending on what particular place in our life we're at. It's going to be a really, really incredible download, and we had such an amazing time in our conversation. But before we get to that, I want to direct your attention to my online holistic health and nutrition certification program, which is the Holistic Health Mastery Program. And a lot of you know about this already. A lot of you are already enrolled into this course because we have over 200 students from all over the world that are getting so much incredible value out of this online holistic health mastery program. And this was a program that I first created almost two years ago. It might even be more than two years ago at this point. And that really started a whole new trajectory, both for me and for everybody that follows my work. And I'm so, so honored to continue to share this amazing platform with people all over the world and with each of you that are listening. So you can find more information about that at holistichealthmastery.com. And so getting into today's show, I'm going to introduce two dear friends of mine, Amanda Renee and Matthew Cook. And I've actually had Matthew Cook on a previous episode. I think it might have been episode 70, 72, I think was the episode. You can check that out. Matthew Cook is an amazing yoga instructor, body movement specialist, and really a great up-and-coming entrepreneur. He's an amazing personal development coach as well. And I've seen him just grow his personal coaching business and the work he does with clients is exceptional. And his partner, Amanda Renee, is an amazing woman. Um, They actually just got engaged uh, very, very recently from the time that I'm doing this recording. So the timing of this is really, really amazing. This conversation really went in a number of different directions, but it was really anchored in the context of what an effective and what a powerful, realistic relationship can be when both parties are totally in alignment, they're on the same page, they're moving in the same direction, and in their case, they actually work in partnership as well. And that's been an interesting dynamic for me to watch because I've seen them kind of go from their individual focus to aligning and collaborating together and teaching people about developing amazing relationships in the coaching work they do through their brand, Relational Intelligence. And just two extraordinary human beings that I'm honored to call friends. And you are going to really enjoy this episode, I have no doubts. So, Without further ado, let's just dive into this really amazing conversation with myself and Amanda Renee and Matthew Cook. Amanda Renee helps high-achieving visionaries create the same level of success in their relationships that they have in business. 
For the past five years, as a heart consultant, she's transformed the lives of high-powered men and women who have achieved their financial and professional goals, yet found that it didn't give them what they thought it would. She integrates emotional healing and heart rewiring to help them learn to connect with themselves and their loved ones on a deep level so that they have the happiness and fulfillment they crave. Matthew Cook helps burnt-out tech entrepreneurs streamline their bodies and relationships to match their business. For more than five years as a high-performance coach and neuroscience-based movement expert, he's helped countless individuals reach their goals through a wide range of mental toughness and movement strategies. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. So excited about you. So happy to be here with you. Mm, Likewise. It's, It's... been long in the waiting. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited for this. Yeah. And then you and me, Matthew, we did an epic interview oh my months back. And yeah. by the time everyone's listening to this, they will have heard that. And actually, for everyone listening, if you haven't heard that one after this interview, <laughs> definitely go back. I can't remember what number it is off the top of my head. It's like 75 or 6 or something. You should be able to see it in the, the little podcast cata- um, category, whatever you call it. So, yeah, it was a blast. I had such a good time with you on that, Ronnie. I remember, like, it was uh, probably, like, what, an hour or something, but it felt like it was, like, a 10-minute interview. Like, yeah. we just had so much synergy there. It was so much fun. Yeah. So. Was that the day we were, like, leaving for the airport or something? Yeah, we were yes. leaving for the airport <laughs> that day. And, uh, I was like, what's happening? So great. Yeah, that, that was beautiful. And, and that's that's the way it feels like. That's why it's so fun to do these podcasts, especially I feel like to do it in such, like, a dynamic and in um, – lucid type of space where there's not as many like some people have to have like this little cave and like all this audio equipment and everything and i just like the kind of mobile approach where i can just go to amazing people's homes like yourselves and just set up shop real quick and just sit down and have like an organic conversation oh that's amazing Mm -hmm. i love that yeah this feels great feels like we're just inviting people into our living room yeah yeah right (laughs) that's perfect yeah so um, let's dive in. We have a lot to cover in this. This is a special Ooh. episode to have both of you on, and you both are relationship experts, and you have um, a, a brand and company and coaching company that you've created together called Relational Intelligence. We do, yes. Yeah. Can we – I want to um, – before we jump into that, actually, I was trying to like, where do I want to go this? Before we <laughs> dive into that, I want to get just kind of a sneak peek um, – for everyone listening into who each one of you is. So like, um, you know, I would love for each of you to share your own individual journeys leading up to leading up to you now stepping into your like work in the world as mm-hmm. leaders and, and how you two came together. Anything you want to share? I'll start with you, Amanda. Awesome. I knew you were going to do that. Yeah. Um, that do you want to know, just to clarify, do you want to know about my journey of getting into this place of being a relationship expert and having mm-hmm. this business or like my journey towards being a transformational leader? To uh, I feel like there, it's a parallel journey, right? That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And and it's true because relationships always been interwoven mm-hmm. in my path and my life. I... My journey started when I was seven years old. I don't tell a whole lot of people this, but I remember being, it started when I was around seven and I would have these flashes and I now call them future memories. Mm. But I truly believe I've been able to feel Matt's presence on the earth since I was really young. And there would just be these like, uh, it felt like deja vu, but it was about the future. And It wasn't really that I could see him, but I could feel in my body the exact experience of what it felt like to be in this relationship that we Mm. have now. And I think that's the cool thing. And we'll get into this a little bit later. A lot of people focus on who they're going to be with. But for me, it was always about the kind of partnership I'm going to be in. Mm. And that's what dictated my path. And so I had all these future memories and I always, yeah, I just had this deep belief. And, you know, like most people Um, my parents had a really painful relationship growing up. And so I would, it was, it was like this conflicting reality that I lived in of having this vision for what I knew was possible, but not seeing it anywhere around me. Like nowhere Mm. that I looked, did I see Mm. the kind of relationship that I felt in my heart I was meant for. Um, and so it's funny that now we're doing this because my path of personal development actually started 
after being in finding myself in an abusive relationship. So, you know, I, I one day woke up and it never got physical, but on an emotional and verbal level, it, there was a moment where I, um, was the confident girl. Mm-hmm. I was the one that was headed great places. Mm-hmm. I was going to do big things. All of the adults in my life were like, we can't wait to see where, what Amanda does. And, um, and one day I woke up and I found myself in my relationship and it would feel like pretty, maybe every two weeks, it felt like I was just like a little puppy dog in the corner, just getting kicked again and again. Like no matter how I was like, no matter how much I was crying, no matter how much agony was in my face or in my tears, the the anger from this person I was with wouldn't stop. And, um, that was a big wake up moment for me. And the, I didn't leave the relationship right away, but that kind of, that got my journey started of really Mm. starting to look within myself and look at my own heart and start to question, you know, my mentor at the time, Brandon Hawk asked me the greatest question anyone asked me. And Mm. it's it's definitely what started this path for me. He said, Amanda, what I want to know is what in you is okay with the way I know he treats you. And, and no one knew. But he he could see it, and he was like, what in you is okay with that? He wasn't like, don't be with that person, mm. which so many people make that mistake. If you're sure. in a bad relationship, the answer is not just get out of the relationship. And so mm. that started my introspection, and I started asking those questions of like, yeah, why? Like, why is this acceptable to me? What part of me is okay mm. with this? What's What have I learned in my life experience that led me to this point? And so I quit every leadership activity, every everything that I had to show for my life externally of like, look what a great leader I am. I put it all down to make sure that my internal foundation was solid because it clearly wasn't if I ended up in a relationship like that. Mm. So I eventually broke up with that boyfriend. I got to a place where I, I truly had the experience of, I can't love myself and be with this person any longer. Mm. So I left that relationship and continued this journey. You know, I have kind of like a, an interesting experience. I didn't party or drink the entire time I was in college. I literally spent all of my time with this core group wow. of friends, um, just exploring the depths of human intimacy and learning vulnerability. And it was kind of bloody sometimes because we were practicing sharing with each other the things that people don't typically share with. Not each physically other. bloody. You know, no, no, no. Like emotionally, you know, like we were just emotionally bloody. No. Yeah, like we didn't. Brene Brown hadn't written her book yet. Nobody was really talking about mm. vulnerability and about shame and about really addressing those places. And so we were just a bunch of nineteen-year-olds trying to figure it out. But that's I devoted all of my time to that study and to studying human connection mm. and the way that the heart works and how to heal and shift the experiences you had as a young child so that you can shift the experiences you have as an adult. And that's. That's what eventually landed me on this path with Matt. You know, like you said, I've I've done a lot of that work with high-powered professionals and people that have achieved all the success that they wanted and they look up and say, shit, Mm. I still don't feel good. I thought this would make Mm. me happy. Mm. So helping them rewire their connection so that they can achieve that happiness and um, getting here, I know we'll get into it more, but for me is such a full circle moment. Because when I was seven, when I was that little girl, and and growing up into my teens, I would say, I want to have an experience of love so powerful that it doesn't just inspire and heal me, it inspires and heals every heart that it comes in contact mm. with. And so to be here with Matt now doing this, that's the whole reason we started this business is because people would reflect that back to us. Like, mm. Thank, they would just like, thank us for the love that we have and what it did for them. And, and so I'm, I'm so thrilled to be here with you and to get to share more of our story and mm. more of what we've discovered with people so that they can have fulfilling, epic love relationships as well. Mm. That's extraordinary. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I love that story. I felt like um, it's the first time that I'm really getting to like connect with you in a much deeper way, which is really amazing to be able to kind of facilitate these conversations because mm-hmm. oftentimes that is the case. Um, so thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Now I have much more of a glimpse into your, your world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, there was a moment actually. And when she was sharing about her college experience and you perked up, you're like, Oh wow. Like <laughs> you didn't know that. Or yeah. I didn't, you learned something new. I didn't realize you never, you guys never drank in college. I'm just like, no, yeah. we just, 
sit around. I'm just people thinking of like the typical college experience, yeah. and I was like, wow, yeah. I mean, I know it was atypical in some ways. Yeah, it was a Christian college in Texas. Yeah, for sure. Well, <laughs> well but actually, no. There's tons of party. I mean, is there? Yeah. The same as any tons college. Of repression, it's funny. Right? My um, my best friends. Yeah. <laughs> My best friend from college is actually here this weekend, um, mm. so it's a good trip down memory lane. But we would literally just sit on our couches and talk for hours. My mom would be like, why do you guys talk so much? Like, you need to stop, like, leave some stuff unsaid. Um, <laughs> of course. And, <laughs> leave stuff unsaid. Um, she's now on the path with me, I'm happy to say. But wow. um, she... Uh, Oh, I felt so bad when we'd have friends come in town. So they'd be like, what do you guys do? Like, what do you do for fun around here? And we literally had nothing. We're like, we just connect. Like, that's it. We don't, we're not going to like go do any crazy stuff. But like, that was when I really learned that connecting internally and like diving, Matt says this, you're into your internal landscape is the greatest adventure that you could go on. Totally. And, and it's one that never runs out and it never gets old. There's always something new to discover. So I think that's that's the start of becoming what I now call myself a, a vulnerability junkie. Mm. Mm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's that's, awesome. that's amazing. Matt, we um I was just thinking um you shared a lot about your personal journey in our last episode. Mm. So I'm thinking like for this I would love to I would love to direct it just by you sharing how you came to this particular stage because, like, a couple months ago, I think you were even in a much different place oh my gosh, yeah. than you are now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I – so I've been really recently diving into – so one of the things that Amanda and I really look at with all of our clients and in all of our programs is around um, – there's two dynamics in the relationship. There's the freedom seeker. Okay. And that's usually the more independent of the two in the relationship. The one which doesn't want to get trapped in a relationship. doesn't want to get trapped in the relationship. It's like if I get in a relationship, I lose all my freedom and I'm fucked. <laughs> like, and it's like the ball and chain and it's just like it's all those things. That's me. And that's Amanda. And and then and then yeah. I came from this uh, <laughs> this standpoint of the stability seeker, the, the security in the relationship seeker, which is some people would call it the codependent in the relationship. Okay. And so, um, so there's a story that we actually tell our clients and I think it's really um, beneficial for people to just sort of illustrate this of, of imagining when you're a, a little kid and you're with your mom and you're like sitting on the couch with mom and you're just sitting in the living room and you're like, you pop up and you're like, mom, I'm going to go outside and I'm just like going to go play. Okay. Peace, mom. And then you, you're like two to five years old or so. And you jump off the couch, run outside and you come back in after a couple minutes and mom's still there. And she's like, come over here, little Ronnie. Like, love you, buddy. Like, come on back into my arms. Like, how awesome. And so that's a great, that's like. The experience is you can leave and then come back. Also, yeah, and you can leave. she's still there. The person's still and there. And mom's yeah. still there. Okay. And then in the other two scenarios, which are much more common or, or again, this is a metaphor, but is is for you to leave you jump off off the couch and you come back and mom's not there Mm, mm -hmm, and that's mm -hmm. that's sort of the feeling and again that doesn't have to mean that that's literal but that's the feeling that can be left in a a child's consciousness Mm -hmm. um and so like being if you go off and be independent that means you'll lose connection means you'll lose the people in your life and then right then for amanda's it's it's more so you know, you jump off the couch, start to leave. And mom's like, you know what? Why don't you just stick with me? Why don't you just stay here? And it's this feeling when we're a kid of almost being smothered by our parents. It's like, oh, you don't want to go off to college. You yeah. don't want to do that. Take yeah. a take a community college close yeah. to home. Yeah, exactly. Which, and, and there are extreme and not extreme. You know, for me, yeah. my parents have always supported me going off and like traveling and, you know, moving out here to California. I'm originally from Texas, but it's more, it's the like, experiences in your younger years of like, mm-hmm. did you get where your parents always with you, always giving you attention or did you not get em- enough attention yeah. and what that drills into our psyche about relationships and who yeah. and how we can be in order to have the experiences mm-hmm. we want. Yeah. And so, and so when I was a kid, it was, uh, my parents were amazing at providing an incredible experience and quality of life for us. And that also included them working 40 to 50 hours a week and so around the age of, you know, which is common, like that's, that's kind of the day and age that we live in. It's like, if you don't have a live-in maid or a live-in like, you know, caretaker for your kids or nanny or whatever, your kids spend a lot of time home alone. And mm-hmm. so I learned to be alone as a, as a kid for, for long stretches of time. And there was sort of a, a sense 
of, um, Hey, I'm meant to be alone. And, and, and just sort of like this hyper vigilance. Like I kind of began to look around me and check all my results around myself rather mm-hmm. than, rather than trust my own internal experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, so that was sort of m- m- part of my experience. Another part was I also had, uh, I have a, a sister who has mental illness. And so that also kind of comes into it is the situation mm-hmm. where, and I know we're getting kind of heavy here, but that's, that's but that's, so with my sister having mental illness, there wasn't really room. People will understand this. There really wasn't room for Matthew. Like there wasn't mm-hmm. room for me mm-hmm. as a kid to have like a full fledged personality and like have wants and desires and like <laughs> hate things yeah. and feelings. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, well, screw this, you know, like it just like, it was kind of always the sensation that I kind of had to walk on eggshells mm-hmm. and, and I love my sister dearly, but, but that, but that's part of the experience. And so so coming into relationship, how that works for a lot of people is if they have any sense of that hypervigilance or sense that they can't trust their internal experience, they begin to then source out their emotional life to their partner. Sure. And then it becomes like, I have to cling to you because if you leave, I will die. Like that's literally like on a primal limbic brain level, which we talked about a little bit, the brain, uh, the last, actually a lot of it on our last episode that we talked about. But that's the thing is that's the feeling on the limbic level is that like I will literally die if you leave me. And so um, mm-hmm. and so it's it's a rewiring of that and it's a coming back to um, to being able to to not only feel but trust my internal experience and then be able to share that with people. Mm. And so, um, and so again, yeah, there's these two dynamics in relationship. And so that's, that's what brought me to working with Amanda and, but, but more importantly, being in relationship with Amanda <laughs> was, um, was that those two, um, those two, uh, types of people are attracted. There's a magnetism, there's a tension there mm. that's mm-hmm. polarizing, that's mm-hmm. sexy because you, because like if you, you can ha- imagine what would happen if a freedom seeker got with a freedom seeker. Like they just they wouldn't be together. Wouldn't be They'd be boring. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They would just be like, uh, I don't want to be around you because I'm going to go do this thing. And you're like, I don't want to be around you because I'm going to go do this thing. Right. There's really no relationship. Yeah, there's exactly. no relationship. <laughs> and, and, and two stability seekers <laughs> together would just kind of like glom, glom onto this. each other and they just become like one person. And that happens typically actually in the honeymoon phase when we first meet somebody. Oh, interesting. So yeah. The, that beginning stage, there's all these chemicals. And Amanda and I talk about this a lot in our programs. There's It's, it's like the high of, of cocaine. Like, yes. it's just like literally there's such a dopamine yes. and serotonin release. And I mean, you can people do talk crazy things like people moving together after to, three weeks or get married after seven days. Yeah. 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 It's just like crazy <laughs> stuff that people do. And, and Amanda and I, Amanda was joking. We, we actually, moved did you, together. did you guys move? Is that what after you guys did? Okay. Weeks, okay. Got it. Together. I just caught that. For- thankfully, yeah. thankfully it worked out. Thankfully it worked yeah. out. But, uh, so there's just so many interesting dynamics in a relationship, but that's definitely what brought us on this journey. And I would say the, the segue from there is we both had thriving practices, um, outside of, yeah. outside mm-hmm. of our work together. Mm-hmm. So for our first like two years of relationship, we were we were like working like five to twelve hours a week tops. Well, I sometimes like for a man it was like eight to ten a month. A month. And so like we I get paid were more for what I do. yeah. So we were like uh, we were working yeah. full time yeah. on reverse engineering our relationship. Oh, I'm like, wow. what's working well? What's not working? Yeah, and just in any moment that tension came up, we really just dove fully into mm. the mechanics of relating. That's why the name of our business is Relational Intelligence because just like we know, there's now you know, an intellectual quotient and an emotional quotient, there's a relational quotient as well. So not just how well do you know your own emotions and are you able to navigate the world with that, but how well are you able to translate that into a relationship through the different dynamics that come up yeah. when you have another human constantly reflecting things back to you. Mm. And, and really like in interdependence, like, because that's ultimately the goal that we're going for is like, how can I stand in my truth? How can she stand in her truth? And can we still be together? Like, how do we stand in that? Mm. And the, really the key to that is tension like how can we stand in that tension together it's that's a beautiful metaphor by the way like um our mutual friend michael page he was on the show a little while ago and he had this great saying it just like it was so awesome he's like 
I'm always going for the divine discomfort. Oh, I was like, oh, discomfort. Oh. I was like, that's wow, that's beautiful. That's what that's that. that's yeah. what I feel when you say that. That's so lovely. Because oftentimes we're we're avoiding Pitch. the tension, right? It's like, yes. ooh, that ooh, I don't. Mm, that's uncomfortable. Well, I don't want to do that. Exactly, and that's that's one of the big reasons that we started this because so many couples either. Typically, the experience, especially the people that come to us, have is either the tension has gotten way out of hand, and it, mm-hmm. it's no one knows how to deal with it in a way that leads to more connection, or the tension just gets avoided completely because yeah. as the longer we're together, the longer we don't want to mess, the more we don't want to mess things up, and and either so either there's like way too much tension and it's painful and it's unhealthy and, and toxic even or. There's no tension, and that's when people start having the experience of where the spark go. Mm. Yeah, why do like I feel so bored? Years in why do I feel so bored the, in my relationship? Yeah, because right. you've just been amicable like partners, but there isn't like where's that fucking hot steamy sex, and like where are the fights that that at the end you come back together and you're like, like literally, Amanda and I were joking about this just yesterday. We're like, it's kind of funny. We like literally look back at all of our disagreements and arguments and fights like fondly. And We've had some big mm. drop-down drag mount wow. fights. And it's like we actually look back at them with fondness because there's a level of, like, I get you. I see you yeah. on a level deeper than no one else has ever seen you. Like, and, I'm able to understand your triggers. Yeah. And with compassion, come, you know, be in those triggers along with you. And we have the tools to work through all of that anger and hurt and passion and blame that comes up in a way that leads us to more connection quickly. Because they, those tools enable us to deal with all of it in the moment rather than leaving 10% under the rug because it's just like a little bit too much to handle. And mm. literally we, we uh, got in a little fight, I don't know, a couple of days ago on a walk and we were walking this morning and we were like giggling about it and like, oh my gosh, remember that fight? And that's when I was like, this is so like, I keep, I expect it now and I'm used to it, but there's still this upper limit that happens of like, I can't believe there still hasn't been one that we don't have any resentment left in between us and that we can giggle about it two days later yeah. and like smile and laugh at ourselves. And that's, yeah. I mean, truly that's at the end of the day, why we're doing this work is yeah. to give other couples and other individuals the gift of being able to continually craft and grow their love and their relationship yeah. with empowerment because they know how to do it and they know how to do it. Well, it's like the metaphor I love to use is <clears throat> if somebody was, trying to fly a plane and they kept crashing the plane, but they had never gone to pilot school. That person would never say like, Oh, I'm just in the wrong plane. Right. Mm. Like the, the answer is you need to go to pilot school to learn how to use the, the tools and the what different little like that? trinket thingies that are in the cockpit. The trinket thingy. <laughs> Man is a licensed uh, pilot. So all the pilots out there, no disrespect. And they're not called that, but, you know, and, but in relationship, that's all we're taught. It's like, oh, you, if it's not working, you must be with the wrong person rather than like, hey, right. let's really I've learn. Done, that's the story of many, most of my relationships at mm-hmm. some point. It's like, you know what? Hey, like this just isn't working. Right. And it's like, that may be true. However, there's also another truth that you and me may not be exploring the mechanics. We may just mm-hmm. be getting triggered. Like I feel like, um, the my perfect match would naturally be the card holder for my biggest triggers. Oh, absolutely! Right? I, I nailed say, it. If you're not that's with <laughs> if you're not with someone that's triggering you, I, to me, that's not the ideal relationship because totally. you're not going to grow. Yeah, it's like yeah. that divine discomfort. Like when I'm exactly. in the presence of a woman that like I'm super drawn to, there's also like a slight discomfort there yeah. too, based on my own experience in my past of being triggered it's like ooh, like this is exciting it's like anything in life right like you know um anything that stretches you your paradigm maybe it's around business or money like we've talked about recently like it's like Mm -hmm. it's exciting but there's also like ooh, like i'm being stretched yeah yeah and that's a good sign right absolutely yeah Yeah. you call that getting stuck when when you get stuck in the triggers Mm. getting stuck in the trigger trap because it's so, it's so, I mean, it's so common and there are people who aren't meant to be together and aren't compatible, uh, but I, the, the experience that I've seen in my personal work and in the work Matt and I do is often people jump to that way too soon and oh, then they keep having the same experience mm, and, and wondering why. It's kind of sad. 
Yeah. Like it's like that could have worked out, right? Yeah. That's kind of that's kind of yeah. tragic. Like it is. Not only worked yeah. out, but it could have been beautiful. It could like, have maybe. been. It could have been beautiful. The same amount of pain that was there is the amount of beauty Ooh. that's possible. Yeah, and, I, and and that's actually a big key. That so so just as much as like people that are coming into our work are sort of like testing and making sure we're a good fit to work with them. We're always wanting to work with people who are looking for growth partners, who are mm. looking for partnership, where it's all about evolution in that partnership throughout the entire duration of your time together is that like that like yes i'm going to be a place of healing and transformation for you just as much as you're going to be a place of healing and transformation for me and so we always talk about it as the practice of relationship like how can i just like i would practice like aikido or you know like taekwondo or or like you know or i would practice movement like how can i be in the practice of relationship that's beautiful that's a really good metaphor that's an ender of a lot of our fights you know i'm i'm definitely the more emotional (laughs) one of the two of us and sometimes when it gets things get really heated all of a sudden matt looks at me and starts laughing and he looks at me so endearing so endearing and he just looks at me he's like and he cracks up and he's like I love practicing with you Uh, i just love this and i'm like not wanting to let go my angry and i'm like no you don't but then i can't i can't help but but crack also because it's it's such a good reminder that like nothing's on the line nothing bad is happening right now nothing wrong is happening we're just practicing yeah and i think that's one of the things yeah that's so good amanda because i feel like one of the things that we're really clear on is our and this is giving away a lot but this like but this is like for so many people is the why like why am and get this why am i in relationship with this person but not just that why am i in relationship at all Like what is, because we're sort of given, we're sort of handed down like, oh, well, you get into a relationship, you make babies, you have a family, you do, 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 do. And it's like, well, like I want to make the choice. I want to choose to be in relationship for whatever reasons feel appropriate to me. Well, or or oftentimes the reasons are like, because I'm in love. Why do you want to be in a relationship? Because I'm in love. Or why do you want to be in a relationship? Because I feel happy. And then Mm. so that creates a really unstable foundation. Because what are you going to do the moment you don't feel that way? Right. If that's your why. And mm-hmm. so that's the first thing that we do with anyone that comes into our programs is really take a look at what their foundation is. And I just had a, one of our clients reach out to me. You know, he's this amazing, amazing man. He's about 35 years old. They've been together for like 11 years. And he's like, Amanda, I feel completely stumped. We make everyone come up with five solid whys. And he's like, I don't. I can't believe I've never thought about this. He's like, I have no, I have no idea. I, and I can't believe I never thought to ask myself this before I got married. I can't believe no one else thought to ask me this before I got married. And it was just, you know, we talked for about half an hour to really get through it, but it was such a, I think a good picture of how uncommon it is. You know, as entrepreneurs, we're familiar with the why, like you've got to know your why to have this business or else on the days that you don't feel like getting out of bed, what are you going to do? But not very many people apply that same principle. So good, Amanda. So, yeah. Can we play a little game? Yes. For a moment? Yeah. I would... Are you in a relationship? No. Do you want to be in a relationship? When the right... Yes, the right, yes. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. All those things. I can feel myself pausing for a second. People want to make sure that they're, like, not attached. Depends on what day not... you ask me, yeah. but ultimately, yes. The yeah. answer is yes. Yeah. But I'm not attached to it. I don't, like, need it. Um... <laughs> That would be my answer too. That's why I knew. Um, what is one why for you of why you mm. want to eventually be in a relationship? Yeah. So my answer is definitely not because I don't want to be lonely, right? right. It, it's not. Yes. And, and I've asked myself this many times and through the, this, the trials and errors. And, right. and so I guess, you know, what comes up for me right now is that my primary why would ultimately be because I want to have a partner in life, mm-hmm. you know, like that's ultimately the, the way I, I frame it is that it's not really about the romantic relationship. That's beautiful. And that's amazing. However, it's about the partnership. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't want to be a lone wolf. Mm-hmm. And that's actually, that's actually my why for why I'm doing most of what I'm doing in this new phase of me collaborating more yeah. and being more integrated with the community of leaders here in Encinitas. And it's, it's shaping my worldview now mm-hmm. of how I'm going about my life. 
Um, so it's essentially me me evolving out of this lone wolf model, yeah. which I've operated with They're most like, of my this. life. Totally, yeah. If it's to be, it's up to me, and I have to do everything, and I can't, and I have to have my own identity separate from these other right. These. I totally resonate with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like at the most core, purposeful level, that's my why is that awesome. I want to. Um, I want to be with someone that's that's paralleling a growth and evolutionary path, and we both individually are mission orientated, and we don't have to have the same mission. In fact, I would love it. I would love some diversity. However, yeah. we're paralleling together yeah. dynamically. Um, There's a synergy there. Totally. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I love that. I love that. I feel like just hearing that. You know, I don't obviously know all of the people that are listening right now, but I'm sure that that'll give them some food for thought as well. Mm. That's, that's a beautiful why. And that's the kind of thing that doesn't waver on a day that you don't find your partner sexy or they're not putting butterflies in your stomach. Mm. Like, or the day when life is hard and all of a sudden your partner's not the drug that makes you feel better no matter what's going on. Like wow. that's a solid foundation to build on mm. to where anytime stress comes up, Mm-hmm. suddenly you're like shaking and questioning the relationship. I've done that a lot in the past too. So clearly that are, those are signals that I had been, I had been um, using someone as a drug or stimulation or to get some momentary needs met that are more yeah, primal in nature, yeah. not really attached to purpose. Sex. Yeah. yeah. So, totally, yeah. <laughs> it's I'll, like primal. Needs primal sex. I do it. <laughs> We've all done it, man. Neuroscience, guys. Neuroscience. My Olympic needs. My Olympic needs. Yeah, what was... Oh, shit, I just had something so good, What about the pickup line? Hey, baby, my my Olympic brain loves you. Yeah. I have some primal needs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Uh, But that's that's really actually, I would say, the crux. (laughs) That's probably at the crux of all of our work is is that it's action and this is where everyone is going to like either turn this off or they're going to listen even closer which is Mm. which is like it's never about your partner right what what yeah what it's never because my partner's an asshole it's never about your partner (laughs) partner. it's never about your partner it's like it never is it's it's always Mm. about yeah um the and again like we can always say all the other things, you know, it's like, there's so many qualifiers in that, but, but it's really like, you know, at you're the the at the end of the day, like it's usually something that's being triggered inside of me, you know, a boundary or an agreement or an expectation that's been violated for me that, that I just need to have a conversation with. Yeah. Even, know? even, and I can, I, you know, I can say this because I've, I've been in the situation and this is a sensitive subject, so I don't speak to it lightly, but even in abusive situations, mm-hmm. it, Owning responsibility doesn't mean that you pretend so like it's not abusive or it's not toxic, yeah. but it, it's it not means, okay. You're not condoning it. Right. right. It, but it means that you look at yourself just like my mentor asked me to all those years ago. And you say, why am I here? Yeah. Like, I don't have to be sitting across the table listening to this. So what is it in me that brought me here? Yeah. Can I, so one of the metaphors that we use is it's like, well, how does a helicopter land? Like a helicopter has to land on a landing pad. There has to be a landing pad for that. So let's say in an abusive situation, there is the helicopter who would be the abuser and there is the landing pad that's willing to accept the helicopter. Mm. And so there's a certain, and again, this is all going on very deep right. subconscious. Right. And this is the no one's that, like open arms. Like, yeah. this is what I deserve. Yeah, I would like to take the abuse, please. Mm-hmm. But, but there's like a level of feeling like they don't deserve any better. Sure. Or like true. there's like yes. a dessert. It's like, it's like, well, they've been with me through so many things and there's just, there's a level of them condoning it until they, until they don't condone it. And so mm-hmm. um, this is some of the deeper work that Amanda and I honestly yeah. get yeah, into absolutely. with people. But I feel I feel like you, the work you're talking about in the relationship side translates so beautifully to every other area because I can I can I know areas of my life where like I've been you know I've been in an argument with someone or even a woman in my life where I felt like she was actually abusing me emotionally mm-hmm. and taking out all her, her stuff on me and it actually got to the point where I was like look, I'm not going to be an emotional punching bag for you yeah. and in that moment it's like oh it like snapped she's like oh. You know, it just kind of diffused it in a way because I, I took a, a vibra- vibrational stand and yeah. said what I was feeling without making her wrong. I said, like, yeah. look, I'm not going to be 
your punching bag. Mm -hmm. If you want to talk to me yeah. like a human, yeah. let's sit down and let's let's diffuse this and talk. And yeah. I, I see that in all like working with clients and stuff, right? Like it's we've we've had a lot of talks about that. So I think it, this is a beautiful point to touch on. Absolutely. Yeah. And what I love about what you said is you didn't tell her like, hey, you have to stop that because it makes me feel bad. Mm. What your response more was like, you can continue that, but I'm not going to be available to Basically, yes. It. Like, totally. you'll, you'll be sitting on a couch by yeah. yourself talking, mm -hmm. not with me at the other side of it. And that gives, you know, that's you making a choice and allowing her to make a choice rather than what we usually do. Yes. This is what we teach people the nuances of how to navigate this. Because no one's, you know, you're not sitting there thinking like, okay, how do I take my personal responsibility here without making her wrong, without doing this? Like, yeah. there's so many nuances. And that's where a lot of the tools we use come in is in those heated moments, how do you start to we call it um, a developing a pattern recognition mindset. How do you start to notice quicker and quicker mm -hmm. when you're getting pulled into that trigger trap and mm. to, to really understand more about yourself and more about your partner, especially around the freedom and the stability thing. I mean, that's the driver of like, I would say 90% of conflict in relationships Absolutely. because let's say I have a freedom moment where I'm like, I just need to feel my independence. I need to feel my own identity outside of this relationship. And so I go do whatever, which hits on Matt's desire for stability and, and his fear of being abandoned. And then mm. he then wants to pull me in closer, which makes me want to push him away further. And then he's pulling on, I'm pushing and then he's pulling, pulling on, and I'm pushing. pushing. And, pulling and, pushing, and yeah. we think it's the other person. Like for, it took me so long to realize that it wasn't about me. And when I could really connect with his heart and be like, mm. Oh, I totally see what's getting triggered for you. And like, just feel that compassion rather than feeling like, why are you always trying to hang on to me? And then same for him when rather than him feeling like I was pulling yeah. away from him mm -hmm. that he could respect like, oh, Amanda needs to feel just feel herself right yeah. now. And it's not Amanda about needs to feel that freedom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. And again, yeah, that she's not going to leave me. It's like, oh, cool. She's like she's fulfilling her side of the cycle. We talk a lot about yeah. cycles, the yeah. cycles that are created. And she's not going to go leave me and go off and sneak around with some guy or whatever no, weird, exactly. irrational thoughts that that are so normal for so many people. Totally. Yeah. Like if there's <laughs> if the foundation again, that's why we start. So we have a six step like, yeah, we have a six step formula that we take people through, which we, had, we didn't even really dive into that. But the first one is the foolproof foundation so that there is a layer of trust there before anything before anything else occurs in the relationship. So that, mm. like you said, that there isn't a consideration of like, oh, she's going to leave me. It's like then we can actually address our cycles um, and our real healing there from a place of like we're both in this together. We're both understanding that we're in. Yeah, this it puts us together. on the same side of the table. Mm -hmm. Instead of being opponents, trying yeah. trying to fight, we say well, we say a lot. Codependence is caused by one or both people being afraid they're not going to get what they want. Wow, jeez. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wanted to bring it back for a second. I had this thought around the why. I want to yeah. share our our collective why, and it made me think of this funny moment that I had a couple years ago. So our why is to grow and heal as much as we possibly can. That's first and foremost why we're in this partnership and why I why I want to be in a partnership. I'm, we've talked yeah. about this, so I'm speaking <laughs> for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and truly, we don't believe that there is a faster route to growth than being in a divine partnership. Mm. Like nothing accelerates <laughs> your growth and gives you the opportunity to grow more than having that constant reflection in your face from another human if you know how to use it for healing. And, and that's kind of the conjunction, but it made me think about how that that's our why now. And, you know, you talked about, um, spiritual growth and having a growth partner as well. And mm -hmm. the, the partnership was really what mattered more. So like the romance, yes. And the sex and the passion. Yes. But that partnership and that can be cultivated and grown. It doesn't have to be the immediate stimuli. Exactly. Or, and yeah. because it's not the sustaining stimuli, right? Yeah. The glue that holds it together. Yeah. We, and talk, we talk a lot about instead of just falling in love, like what if we actually stood in love? Wow. Well, yeah, yeah. There's nothing more amazing to me and magnetic than like a woman that I can have incredible conversations with. Yeah. Like I really have realized that it's like, there's something so much more incredible about that. Oh, you're going to love this. There's a quote by a guy named Jeff Brown. He wrote a book called An Uncommon Bond mm. about these divine kind of epic partnerships and what it takes to integrate them into your human hurt self. Mm. And he says the one strand 
that will keep you together for a lifetime is fascination. Totally. If you have stay in continuous fascination with this other being and like what makes their inner world tick and all these things, like passion fades, sexual chemistry fades, energetic mingling fades, all of that fades. But if you have fascination, that's the thread that will pull you through for a lifetime if that's what you want. I feel like fascination is the number one quality of longevity. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's the number one anti-aging actually <laughs> yeah. kind of characteristic. Because when I look at people that, that have taken, I know a lot of people in my life, my uncle recently who um, committed suicide. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I was trying to figure out like, what what the hell just happened? Like, yeah. what would compel someone to do that? And it was like, I couldn't figure it out, but I just knew it was like, it's, it's got to be the opposite of curiosity. Mm. It's got, he's, this person is no longer curious about their place in the cosmos yeah. or their human experience. Yeah. And somehow they've gone to a place where life has just become really dreary and, and unbearable. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you and I have talked about that too. I mean, we just had our event uh, that we held at Eve mm-hmm. on Friday about the prefrontal cortex and right. how like, it's a novelty seeking engine. Right, yes. And, and without the, the prefrontal cortex, like our higher human, like reaching towards the ether, like, you know, reaching towards heaven, reaching mm. towards like, what are like the greatest possibilities that I can expand towards, yeah. you know, without that, mm. it's like, yeah, what is the point? Like, really, <laughs> like, what is the point? You know, it's just like, I can ground down into the earth and get gritty and, and like do all those things. And those practices are powerful. But, but again, even that's fascination to go to like, to go there. But if it's just this static, you know, I mean, one of uh, Amanda's mentors, Siobhan Morin, um, always says that without, what does she say? Without, without tension, there's no growth. Yeah. Without tension, yeah, there's no growth. Yeah. Without like, totally. whether it's creative, whether it's you know, it's curiosity. Yeah. Some, some poor guy was asking about world peace. He was like, if we just all did this, there'd be world peace. And she goes, there's never going to be world peace. No. And he's like, his little, his poor little hippie heart was burst. <laughs> and she was like, no, it'll never happen because without tension, there is no growth. Right. And they, we're here to grow and evolve. And just to know that ahead of time. Right. So I feel like this kind of conversation is so amazing especially maybe even more so for people yet to get into that perfect relationship because what if you could be, you could be kind of given the insights necessary before you embark fully on the mission or the path, whatever that may be like that, you know, it's like to know that there is going to be divine discomfort to know that you're going to rub up against your edges. Cause I feel like, A lot of us didn't know that before we got into the committed relationship. So then it's like, what's wrong? What's yeah, happening? Totally. <laughs> but to know that that's, that's actually a good thing. Yeah. It's actually a good sign. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Yeah. It's when people start talking to us about like they're in their new relationships. And I we love the honeymoon phase. It's so necessary. It's the thing that gives you the glue to stick through the divine discomfort. But <laughs> my favorite thing is when people start to get into that discomfort. I'm like, yeah, that's cute. I love hearing about all of the, like how they're the perfect person and totally, they're the things yeah. that you never thought you could ever have ever. Cause that's important. But what I love is when they get into the gritty of like, they start to have those triggers come up. Cause to us, that's when love gets real. That's yes. when, that's when the real beauty happens. That that's how Matt and I, you know, the reason that we talk about the never ending honeymoon is because we are continuously going through this kind of never ending honeymoon phase of we'll go through the tension and get to this new level. And every time it's it's a heightened experience of love and of excitement yeah. about our relationship. And we look at each other and like, how like how is this still happening after two yeah. and a half years? And, yeah. and it's because of that. I mean, well, and, and relationship is an organism. Like, like there is an energy and a vitality that I hold inside of my body very sovereignly. There's an energy and vitality that Amanda holds in her body sovereignly. And then there is a collective mm. consciousness to what bring, when we come together and that's in any single relationship. And so it has like, our actual relationship has like circadian rhythms. It's like what I want to wow. call it. It's like there literally are like two, like we all have two and three week and four week and year long cycles mm-hmm. that our relationships cycle through mm-hmm. because just like everything else on earth, like, and, and that's what I think is so funny is like so many of us like want our relationship to just like stay still and like, <laughs> okay, like, it like, like, yeah, like, like just like stay right here, please. Like spring all the time. <laughs> yes. As, as if anything else in the world didn't go through death cycles. Yeah. Wow. And it is, it's like we, and mm. that's what, so fucking cool about relationship is that you get to call that out and be like 
that's so funny. We're going through like a really shitty phase. And like, I know we're going to go out on the other end, but like, wow, it really sucks right now. You're like, wow, you're really not attractive at this time in our relationship. Like, I just feel out, you know, totally. like oh. to be able to, mm. and that's the level, that's the level of true vulnerability, vulnerability that people want to come to in their relationship. Like they don't want to have to wear a mask in their relationship. And I think or protect or protect the connection. Well, I think they have something. to protect it. Yeah. Like, that's, it's a shitty feeling to feel like, one sentence you could say to your partner could break your connection. Like, oh my god! That's not that's not a strong connection, and that's not some that's not safe. That takes you being constantly vigilant to make yeah. sure that you're okay. I mean, for those people that are listening that are the stability seekers, my gut is if they're anything like me, they came into a relationship thinking that everything was high stakes. Everything, mm. every single conversation could break the relationship, and so it's like I just have to keep my partner happy, and like as long as they're happy, then we'll be happy, and it's like. It's like, and then you look up and, and are like, why, wait, why am I not happy? <laughs> like, yeah, why am I not happy? Oh, because I'm just like living my life vicariously through my partner and I just follow whatever they do. And it's just that that's like, that's not a way to live. Like, that's just not a way to create fulfillment or to create any inner peace. Um, so one of the things that I really look at is like, especially when I'm working with the codependent in the relationship is, is how can I create an inner stability so that my external reality can be super chaotic and that there's still an internal state yes. of serenity within me? Because then if they're, if the inside and the outside are screwed, then I'm fucked. Like, you know what I mean? so I, like I'm screwed. And so then what they do is they walk around like mm-hmm. trying to control and manipulate everything outside of them, yeah. thinking that that will make their insides feel better. Yeah. And so, and, and I think that that probably goes for everybody. I don't know if that's just the, stabi- is that just the stability? Oh, for sure. We just do it in different ways. We just do it in different you ways. Know, I've, but. I've, for a moment, I want to speak to, all of us freedom seekers out there because we're the people who think that we're more mature than the person that we're with. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever yes. felt that way. It's oh, like, oh, it's oh, like oh, if only they were as evolved as me or if only they were as emotionally mature as me. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. It's so true. And, and really what, what, so true. what ends up happening is that like our end of the cycle or the, I don't use dysfunction as like a bad word. We all have, it, it just means like we have patterns and strategies that are not functional. Um, they don't give us the result that we want. And so I, it often will look like my partner, your partner, if you're the freedom seeker is like immature or blaming you all the time or like, whatever the thing is. And then what I realized is ours is just way sneakier and it comes off. Even when people, even when other people are watching, it looks like you're the more mature one than your partner. Mm. But the truth is that stiff arm that we have of like, I'm going to be fine with you no matter what with or without you comes from the same level of consciousness as the clinging from the partner. And that was such a huge revelation for me to, to really own that. I literally, you know, we love, we, um, if there's tension in our relationship, we address it right then, even if we're with around people. And we actually invite our close friends to reflect back to us what they see because we're only two people. And yeah, we want to know like what they're seeing. Yeah. Like what are you seeing that I'm, and I've had to coach my friends even, on like, Hey, don't buy my bullshit. Like, don't, don't look at this. There'll be, I was like, one time I was like, do you see something in me? Matt and I had just had an argument. I was like, what am I not seeing in myself? Because if we're in an argument, that means I've got some shit going on too. Mm-hmm. Cause it takes two. We wouldn't be in an argument if I didn't have a piece of it. Yeah. And they're like, no, I don't think you have anything. Like he, you know, he was projecting all over you and you just owned your feelings and you stated your boundaries and you did it great. And I'm like sitting there and I was like, Oh my I was like, no, I totally make myself a victim to him blaming me or to him, like seeming like he's a victim to me, which that can, you know, that's obviously a little bit nuanced. And so if it's kind of like boggling your brain, that's okay. You can rewind, focus on, focus on different things. But it's, if you're with someone, if you're with a person in a relationship, you are on the exact same level of consciousness mm-hmm. as them. You're just the opposite side of the coin. Because if you weren't, if you're truly at a higher level of consciousness, you're either going to break up because it does, that doesn't work. Yeah. Or they're going to rise to yours. Yeah. And yeah, so if you like have a- that feeling like, I'm so much more, if only they could grow with me, why aren't they there yet? Why won't they grow faster? You need to flip that around to yourself because they're just a reflection of where you're truly at. Mm. And that is 
a big painful but freeing like, pill to swallow. Yeah. yeah, because I mean, it's just like the like vibration or the uh, <laughs> abundance mindset or the abundance yeah. vibration. It's like it's <laughs> like you know that's when people talk about those types of things. It's like yeah, that like you are attracting. And, and holding on to that same level of vibration that you're at of, of abundance and what those things are. And so comes the same thing with your partnership. Mm-hmm. Like you're at that same vibration that that partner is that is across the table. From Does that you. make sense for you? Because I know we're similar in for that. For sure. No, it makes, like, why can't they be there yet? Absolutely. I mean, I've, I, I feel like I've, I've, I can go either side of the spectrum. Yeah. I think that's probably natural. Very. Um, however, I definitely, I definitely noticed that side a lot more as like, this thing in me that that will see someone coming up to my level opposed to me necessarily going up to their level mm-hmm. and that that maybe in rarer circumstances i find if it's a woman that i perceive to be um at an elevated level it's like i'll synchronize very quickly and it'll be like this calm relaxed thing Whereas if, um, but it, but it requires more presence of me. Mm-hmm. I notice, however, if it's the flip side, which, um, is still present in my, I'm still noticing it here and there. And usually those, those, um, well, this is where I'll go with it is that my experience is that there are two different sides of me come out. Mm-hmm. Right. And I know there's one that feels more evolved or more mature, which is me rising to a particular point with a woman opposed to me. Um, I don't want to say looking down, but if we're going to use that kind of obvious metaphor, yeah. like I'm, I'm seeing somebody that I can help almost mentor or, mm-hmm. or like mold in a way, in a positive way, not a manipulative way. However, there's that sense that this person isn't where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that's fascinating to kind of just observe those, mm-hmm. those two polarities. Mm-hmm. Well, and especially in relationship, I don't know what you're, but like, and it never works, by the way, just to point that out, too. Like, yeah. every time I've been like, oh, wow, this is great. Like, she has so much potential and da 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 yeah. Nope. I mean, we end up becoming friends, maybe. And, it, and it's actually better. It's actually more in alignment where I'm more of, like, an actual role model. It's like, oh, that is actually what it was probably supposed to be. Yeah. But we just had this chemistry thing. And then yeah. I created the story around it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, Nailed totally. Well, <laughs> well, and what we see a lot of, too, is people that are actually already in the long-term relationship feeling like they're so much further ahead right. and their biggest grievance Oof. is I'm just, I felt I'm like just, that. And yeah, yeah, like I'm just yeah. more mature than my partner. And that's where it gets real. That's where it's so important to look at. Like if you're mm. in a relationship and you're feeling that way, I highly recommend that you flip the mirror around and look at yourself. And like, I had a, <clears throat> a friend one time, Paula Padma, I was feeling like frustrated with Matt. And she goes, Amanda say in one sentence, your frustration with Matt. And I said, um, do you mind if I share this? I don't know what you're going to talk about, but sure. (laughs) (laughs) I said, Matt's needy and he makes me his world. Mm. Which what freedom seeking person hasn't felt that way about their partner. Mm. And she goes, okay, now say the same sentence, but put your name instead of his name. Like switch the things. And I said, I'm needy and I make Matt my world. Shit. (laughs) And I totally saw in that moment how I did the exact same thing, just in a way sneakier way, way sneakier way. And it was such a freeing moment. And so that's, that's really the, I would, I would suggest every freedom seeker do is those, those grievances, yes, totally put your name in there mm-hmm. and see what comes up. Cause it's yes. usually some really like sneaky hidden stuff. Mm, yep. So I realized that when I was in a, in a, a long-term relationship that I, um, when it was on the brink of ending, when I was, when it was at the at its very end, I noticed that even though I felt like maybe I was more of a freedom seeker, when she started to depart, it flipped very quickly and totally. my whole world crumbled totally. and I was, and it was like the worst feeling ever. Mm-hmm. And I, and so it was like, I saw how that, how I had been doing that too, but somehow had some sneaky avoidance issues. Mm-hmm. Mm. Sneaky ones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's so interesting because that is what we do is we sort of prescriptive. And it, it, it's, it does vary depending on the person. It's like probiotics but and prescription for antibiotics. Probiotics. All at the same time. Mm-hmm. But yeah. they're natural antibiotics. Yeah, it's natural. But it's, it's, um, it's usually the, the freedom seeker 
there needs to be a level of acceptance of themselves. Mm. So it's it's instead of accepting their partner or or have expecting their partner to accept them, yeah. they need to accept their own actions and accept mm. that like what they desire, what they want, what they're going for in life, all of those things. Um, they need to accept that in themselves rather than be like, you need to accept me because like you know, an Amanda could probably speak better to that. But but then for the stability seeker, it's usually this level of like clinginess and and feeling like their other person needs to make them their world in which they actually need to choose themselves. Like they need to choose themselves first. And, and what you were starting to allude to Ronnie is that as that dynamic begins to shift, it's funny because yeah, the codependent will typically begin to, um, live into themselves more and begin to like breathe more life into them. Yeah. They begin to breathe more life into themselves. And, Mm -hmm. um, and then it becomes sexy again. It's like because then they're a, they're a fully fleshed out three dimensional person again. Because mm. that's usually the the most unsexy thing for the freedom seeker is like <laughs> the stability seeker becomes like this two D person because all they want to do is just like do exactly what you want to do, mm. and that's not sexy. Mm-hmm. Whereas like when they're a fully fleshed out, can stand on their own two feet, then it becomes then it becomes sexy, yeah. and then it's like then the model flips, and then sometimes the freedom seeker is like, wait, don't leave. Like I want like you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, our, the best cue for us for when we've gotten into codependence, when we've gotten into giving our power away to the other one, the easiest way to say that is when the attraction fades. Mm-hmm. So when we go through, you know, like a week or so of like, and I'll, I'm like, why am I not attracted to Matt right now? Like, or he's like, why? And we've learned enough that that doesn't mean anything. Like if you're listening, <laughs> not feeling attracted to your partner does not mean like, where'd the spark go? It just means that there's something in between that attraction. And, mm. and that's, that's our cue now is when that attraction and that passion isn't there. We're like, cool. Where have we not be, been being honest fully ourselves? ourselves? Where have we not been fully them. honest? And as soon as we bring back that, the parts of us we've been scared to bring in or the parts of our truth that we've been scared to bring in, that attraction and that polarity and passion comes back immediately. It's really mm-hmm. fascinating. So good. Mm. That's, that's amazing. So we're right at the, we're right at the hour. Whoa. Yeah. This is really deep. Crazy. That was an hour. Yeah. Wow. About 30 <laughs> minutes for sure. <laughs> yeah. We do. We do real deep. What what is um something you might want to share with everyone as well as where everyone can find you? Something like a bit of wisdom. Yeah, cool. just like okay. to to conclude this amazing conversation. I this is for me. What I would say is a lot of times. Be independent. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of times people look at the relationship Matt and I have and they put it on a pedestal and they say, Oh, they're so lucky that they found Mm. each other. And what I would say to that is it's a quote I got from Lisa Nichols is by making us extraordinary, you let yourselves off the hook. Wow. And so I would say we don't, Wow. Jeez. Yeah. That's so good. Like this kind of relationship is possible for anyone who's has the right tools, the right understanding and is willing to do the work. And so, you know, if people start following us, uh, and see our relationship and like what they see, I would highly recommend that you either do some work with us or do some work on your own because it's possible if we can do it, anyone can. And it just takes again, like the right tools and doing the work, but we're not, we're not special other than that. We found stuff that works, but it's thinking that you're going to find the right person and then it will be there is a very unfulfilling and, What's the word I'm looking for? It's a strategy that it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Dysfunctional? Is that what you're going to no. say? No. Yeah. I don't know, but I, I think, yeah, it, it ultimately just comes down to, um, you know, if you if, if uh, one of my favorite quotes is by a gentleman named Leo Buscali, and he just says, like, if, if a man wished to be an auto mechanic, he would surely study automobiles. And, like, you know, if a woman, and it, he was very traditional in the way that he framed this up, but he said, if a woman wanted to learn how to cook, she would read gourmet cooking books and take cooking classes. And it's like, it's so funny that with love, like we just kind of take what we were given from childhood mm-hmm. and just kind of like assume like, cool, check that off the list. God, I, I know how to do relationships when it's, it's sort of ironic because the only time that we ever actually look or seek for support is like when we've been married for 25 years and like shit's totally gone down the drain and like we need to see 
uh, a therapist or something rather than like, what if I actually looked at relationship from like, how can I optimize this so that it can like, like tenfold the entire rest of my life? Like how can my entire life get up leveled in every single way? Like my finances, my, yeah, my business, my, my other friendships, my, you know, my health and wellness, like, like that's some of Amanda, my favorite thing is like to like, grow in all of those things together um, and to be not just accountability, but to be support and all of it. It's just, it, it's Doesn't the end of that quote say, but uh, if, if a man truly wanted to experience the heights of love, he would devote his entire life to learning how to studying. It. Yeah. 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 And I think that that's like a great way to, to end that. I mean, that's, it's just so powerful for us. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know when this is going to be posted, but we actually have a retreat coming up. Uh, a three-day retreat here in San Diego, February 10th, 11th, and 12th. Mm. So depending on when this thing airs, it may have been done. But we do also run a six-week program where we run people through our six-step formula um, for those six weeks twice a year that we run. So we'll be running one again early in 2017. And uh, they can actually find us at uh, Relational Intelligence on Facebook. Like if they actually just mm-hmm. go to Relational Intelligence on Facebook or they can shoot us an email at a, um either at Matthew at relationalintelligence.us or Amanda at relationalintelligence.us. Yeah, yeah. US. It's a business about relationships, and for now we're keeping it super high touch and, mm-hmm. and really connected to us. I like that. So that's something mm-hmm. we're excited that right now we have the ability to continue to offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, thank you so much for having This was so such much, joy. Ronnie. I was yeah. actually I was telling Ronnie earlier that – I was feeling a little bit tired and drained from a long weekend of um, transformation in our own lives. And this has just been totally rejuvenating for me. Yes. I love it. It's the magic of these kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's why I do what I do. Thanks. Ronnie. Thank you for doing what you, you do. Yeah. yeah. Ask for the stories and questions. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. This is super insightful and just a really great piercing into your world together mm. and how you operate yeah, and how you help people. 10x and optimize their relationships yeah. and their love. Thanks, mm. You're such a wordsmith. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm curious. Yes. It's my yes. Fascination into into life and human potential. Yes. Be fascinated. Mm. There it is. There it is. It should be someone's business tagline. Be fascinated. Be fascinated. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the official Ronnie Landis show and being fascinated. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't be listening right now. With you. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much for your fascination and your passion um, to excel in every area of your life and to deepen your life and um, just to just to make your life a masterpiece. That's why I do the show. That's why the guests that I bring on do what they do. And I believe that's why you listen to a show like this. So check out their work, Relational Intelligence. All the information is in the show notes right now. Easy access. And if this resonated with you, as I'm sure it does, because this is such a universal part of human life, reach out to them. Check out their work. Reach out to them on Facebook. Um you know, see how their work and their insights and perspective can enrich your life and the relationship that you're either in or the real, the relationship that you will be in at the perfect time. So with that said, thank you so much. And, uh, we'll tune in on the next episode.